Louisville voters have picked a new mayor. So let's chat about where we go from here. Plus, we've got plenty of news on brewing, bourbon, and cocktails. I'm Laurel Deppin, and that was David Mann, and you are listening to the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news along with plenty of sharp opinions on what's happening here in Louisville, Kentucky. Today on the show, we've got Ellie Tolbert. Hi. And Michael Jones. How are you doing? So first off, let's talk about this election. So Michael, you've done a lot of coverage for us on this. So Green Craig Greenberg has won, but the general reaction or vibe from Louisvillians was that it was pretty close. Is that right? I think it was closer than people thought, and, mm. and that's because Jeff ran a good campaign. But we haven't had a Republican mayor since 1969. Mm. So I don't <laughs> wow. think it was much I of a surprise. I didn't know it was that long, 1969. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Jeez. we're a pretty solidly Democratic <laughs> place, and so... Uh, I think Jeff, you know, in himself, he was a pretty good candidate, and people respect him for what he's done in J-Town, but um, especially at the end, Greenberg tied him a lot to what was going on with the National Republican Party, Mm -hmm. and they're a mess, (laughs) you know, as we saw (laughs) (laughs) with the lack of a red wave, so. Right, I think, um, you know, locally... It was closer than we thought, but I think nationally, it was closer than we thought on you know the congressional elections. I, I remember Tuesday afternoon we were sitting in the newsroom and I was just like, "Oh man, the Democrats are going to get creamed." Of course, I always like, I always think it's going to be bigger than it is, and and it didn't happen. So. Yeah, <laughs> everyone talked about the economy, but the, you know, abortion seems to that, be an yeah. issue. Yeah, and you know, Greenberg ran a lot of ads at the end about abortion, and I was like, "What's this got to do with you know?" What does Govern this have to do city? with bike lanes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Fisher's uh, thing. I'm sure um, Greenberg's going to have some other fixation that makes <laughs> drives everybody mm. crazy. Running He's lanes. a runner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> running we might lanes. have to have running lanes along with Ooh, the bike lanes. Got, like the kind of red tracks, you know, yeah. along the streets like, mm. like people run on. Oh, yeah, that's better for your knees. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't give him any ideas. (laughs) But, okay, in all seriousness, other than being a runner, what is the deal with this Craig guy? Well, you know, Greenberg, his background is in the hospitality industry. He was uh, the uh, CEO of uh, 21C Hotels, and he he was involved in the Museum Plaza, um, project that failed to happen, but I remember at one of his talks he uh, mentioned that it had it that uh, land is still empty, and you know m- maybe that might be something that he works on uh, now. But um, you know he's so he's really tied with the development, and he's talked about doing public safety and. He, uh, even after he won, he said that he wants to build 15,000 new affordable housing y- units um, in his first year. So, mm. you know, that's, uh, 
and, and he's coming in at a time when the city has um, kind of a, a historical amount of money because we there's still like Fisher spent all the art money, but there's like the infrastructure, <laughs> there's the Inflation Reduction Act, so there's a lot of federal money out there. And so he had even mentioned, like, maybe uh, trying to do light rail. Well, we would all like that. We've, we've talked a lot about yeah. light rail. Yeah. <laughs> light rail, fans of the show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So let's let's talk for a minute about the uh, the campaigns and who donated to them. Um, uh, on election day, we ran this story, which you researched, you looked up, who all uh Get, well, not everybody, but we just looked at prominent business people who gave to both campaigns, the DRF campaign and the Craig Greenberg campaign. Um, and, and you had mentioned in your story that Greenberg definitely had raised a, a lot more money. Oh, yeah, like twice. Yeah, it was, <laughs> what was it, one point? Yeah, uh, $1.4 million to uh, DRF 700000 Yeah. Ooh. And I'm not that surprised about the list of names that gave to um, Deer. If I'm going to go through a few of them here, uh, or excuse me, the list of names that gave to Greenberg. Uh, I don't think there's any that are too surprising, but you know, here's a few: Matt Thornton, two thousand dollars; Lawson Whiting, that's the CEO of Brown Foreman, two thousand dollars; Kaveh Zemanian. Uh, CEO and founder of Rabbit Hole, $2,000. And we should mention $2,000 is the limit for individuals. And there was also a lot of outside money involved in the race, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. So a few more I'll throw out, um, you know, just well-known names if you read business first. Uh, Pernavir from VSelf Consulting, Ryan Bridgman from Mana Inc., um, Bruce Lunsford, uh, Lunsford Capital, also ran for governor uh, mm-hmm. as a Democrat, right? So that uh, that that tracks that uh, that he would give to the Democrat. Those are a few um, Craig Greenberg uh, donors uh, on the Bill Duraf side. Scott Schoenberger, the uh, the president and CEO of Al J Schneider Companies that owns the Galt House. Uh, Jim Lancaster from uh, Landtech, uh, very. Uh, Outspoken advocate in uh, on the impetus uh, group as well. Joe Steyer, CEO of uh, Signature Healthcare. Uh, I went through these lists and I, I know a lot of these people, and I wasn't, I wasn't I, like everybody. I was like, yeah, that's probably their political affiliation. <laughs> like, I, I don't think anybody like really threw me off these, but uh, um, I'm sure there's some people that donate to both campaigns. I agree. Yeah. You know, you gotta hedge. You, got, you, you do. You gotta just in case. You gotta play both sides. You gotta play both sides. <laughs> this is one of those years. You know, who knows when we'll have another Republican in office? <laughs> yeah, like Democrats have to do something very bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see here. So I guess. Uh, um, what happens next? When does he take office? Uh, so the swearing in will be sometime in early January. And so until then, we'll have like the Fisher farewell tour mm-hmm. where every stop, no matter what it is, he recounts all his accomplishments <laughs> over the last 12 years. I can now almost, I know for a fact, like a $1.4 billion in the West End and all the people, or mm-hmm. I, I can name all the people from his administration that are leading organizations now. So. Yes, I, I have a list of those on my desk. Um, <laughs> because speaking of the Fisher farewell, farewell tour i have i've already visited the farewell tour I'm, i've uh, we're you know 
already done an interview with him just kind of wrapping up his time in office interesting perspective uh that he gave me and that'll be for an upcoming story i, I won't share too much oh, of it a here. teaser yeah mm-hmm. but uh but yeah there's a uh, lot to unpack with that interview he was he was very you know very gracious with this time sat down for uh you know almost an hour and talked to us and did some photos uh you know we had chris fryer photographer uh there and uh he you know got some new portraits and that sort of thing so uh very interesting to hear his perspective especially on the last four years which have been very you won't have fisher (laughs) to kick around anymore you you won't you won't i asked him what he was doing next and he was very political with his answer so uh couldn't tell you but i bet uh i bet we see old fisher back in politics one of these days (laughs) it's gonna be interesting because a lot to see like a lot of his like kind of interest to see what happens like he started louisville forward Mm -hmm. and so we're gonna see uh if greenberg's economic development approach Mm -hmm. is the same as his and um you know uh Green if Greenberg likes bike lanes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanna see how many of the names I just read end up on Greenberg's cabinet. But uh I don't think you can buy a cabinet position for two thousand dollars. I wouldn't think that's not very much money. So yeah. maybe if it was fifty thousand. <laughs> but um but uh yeah, it, we should I would think see a lot of business people in that administration. That's my theory. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he comes from a development background. Um, he was partners with Steve Poe in mm-hmm. the uh, Museum Plaza. And so uh, it wouldn't be surprising. Uh, Barbara Sexton Smith ran this campaign. Surely she so is going you to be expect in the to see her. Um, I know Nicole, Nicole George, the current council person for district 21 is a big supporter of his and she didn't run for re-election so you know maybe she'll end up in city government yeah yeah i think it'll be interesting to watch the cabinet develop and we'll do a little we'll get to see a little bit of that uh tomorrow i think uh so right after this one maybe we can talk about it next week so um but uh we're we're getting some probably getting some information on that here in the next day or so um all right we'll switch gears here we'll talk about uh, labeled this topic brewing and such um and we'll start with laurel on this laurel you just wrote about 1020 brewing what are they doing well they have just announced that they're going to open a new location in clarksville indiana Mm -hmm. so this is their fourth location um Fans of the show will recall that um, they opened a new location in Douglas Loop and a former Heine Brothers just last month. So mm-hmm. they're rocking and rolling over there. This will be Clarksville's first brewery. Yeah. Very Isn't that cute? Clarksville's yeah, got a brewery. Good, good for Clarksville. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, kind of surprising that Clarksville doesn't have a brewery. Yeah, but I mean, you've got... But Jeff doesn't either. This is kind of weird. I'm going to get into Wait this a in a minute. Wait a second. Wait, does Jeff have one? I almost, I almost can't believe that. That's so. But surprising. New Albany has four somehow. Right? Isn't that weird? Maybe it's just because of how strong regionalism <laughs> is in that little little cluster. So Maybe. like they don't really like to us. We're like going to another city for a brewery, but for them, they go to another city to go grocery shopping it's like down the street. Right? Yeah. 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 And, and then Jeff, you could just walk across the Big Four Bridge, and you're in Louisville, and they're <laughs> right. all there. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So you mentioned, hang on, I, I want to go back. You you said there was four locations. So they got the original one that's in Germantown. Butchertown. But, yeah, Butchertown, excuse me. No, it's, you, people are big about neighborhoods. So oh, you I know, I know. That. I got to yeah, get yeah. it right. I got to get it right. Butchertown, Butchertown is their original, and that's at 1020 East Washington Street. Mm-hmm. That's why they got their name. Yes, and we were joking earlier that they should only... Open go on in, 1020. Go, go into 1020 on yeah. any street they go on. <laughs> and then they got the Douglas Loop. Yes, and they also have one out in Anchorage. Oh, Anchorage. Mm, yeah. Okay, that's the one I was forgetting. Which we wrote about. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. I've actually... read Business First. Well... <laughs> yeah, David, we, do you read Business we, First? We, <laughs> we write about a lot of things. <laughs> he said, I read. <laughs> I write. Yeah, it's like whatever I'm thinking about at the moment, that's what I know. <laughs> right, I get it, I get it. Um, but, you know... You don't see a lot of Kentucky breweries in Indiana. David, you were talking about this. Yeah, that's true. I was I was thinking about it. Like, New Albany has, it's, I think, four breweries. It's New Albanian um, Our Lady of Perpetual Hops, which, which is, is a, an a awesome funny name. name. Yes. yes, I like it a lot. Donham Day and then uh, Floyd County Brewing. Uh, and then you don't see Jeff, like there's, Red Yeti used to be a brewery, but now it's just a tap house. Nothing wrong with that. They have a good. Mm-hmm. Sele- they have bought a good selection of beer, um, and now um, uh, ten twenty is over in is going over to Clarksville. You had Monic briefly in New Albany, but that closed. <laughs> a guest appearance. Yeah, I get that. They, they stopped by, had, had a beer, uh, and then left. Um, but you don't see any of the Indiana breweries, including those four I just mentioned from New Albany. Uh, or any of the big Indiana breweries like Upland or uh, Sun King. You know, you don't see them over here in Louisville. Uh, you don't see Tennessee breweries really in Louisville. Mm-hmm. You do have Highwire Brewing, which is from North Carolina. Yeah. But um, it, you know, that's kind of an odd that, that it went to Louisville. But I think yeah, I did that story when they first decided on Louisville. And they gave me this cool explanation that the reason they liked louisville was because of the neighborhoods which you just mentioned and like every neighborhood has this like this is you know this is this neighborhood Mm -hmm. you can't you can't mistake it like i'm (laughs) I'm already in trouble for switching butcher town and germantown but uh even even though i know they're different it's just been a long day it's like four o'clock in the afternoon but uh, (laughs) but anyway uh so so yeah there's there's just not um you know you just don't see that cross pollination across state hopefully we do because i want yeah. i live in indiana i want more uh kentucky breweries over here and i think the new albany breweries are good and you know they they could do well over yeah. here too. it's funny people don't think of our, our the two sides of the river as one community right <laughs> even though basically they are yeah like i know how much pushback we get when we say something's in greater louisville oh, and yeah. people are like oh it's in southern indiana <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's literally a mile away from downtown Louisville, but okay. Yeah, like, yeah. like it, Jeffersonville is closer than uh, J Town. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like you can, yeah. I've made this point. Like you can get from Clarksville to Louisville like way faster than you can get from Middletown to Louisville. But for some reason, Middletown gets more of a claim to Louisville than Clarksville. Does. That's very true. Yeah. And when I talk to people from outside the community, they just see it, the connection. Mm-hmm. You know, especially businesses. So. Well, I think I've told this story before on the show, but I was it was around uh, Bourbon and Beyond. I was in uh, Red Yeti over in Jeff, and some tourists was in town. They said they were from Seattle. 
they were in town for that show, and they didn't realize they had left the state of Kentucky. They thought they were just walking over a bridge uh, over the Big Four, and uh, and they were just like, oh, oh, we're in Indiana now? And, like, no one told us. Uh, I guess there's not a sign up there uh, on the Big Welcome Four. Welcome to Indiana. Does your all's uh, Google Maps do that? Yeah, you, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, cro- you cross the bridge, it goes, Welcome to Indiana. Yeah. Mine doesn't do that. Well, it depends. Like, Google Maps does, but Apple Maps doesn't. So oh, if you yeah. use, hey, use if you, if Siri gets your directions, then that's not Siri's not very hospitable. Yeah, she doesn't welcome you to new no. states. Do you all know that, like, weird portion where it's Kentucky and then all of a sudden you're in Indiana and then all of a sudden you're in Ohio? I've never been there, but I do know what it's yeah. yeah. So like my Google Maps was like, "Welcome to Indiana, welcome to Ohio." <laughs> the look at the, welcome to welcome to, welcome to <laughs> backtrack. Welcome to Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was a tangent, but I know that somebody listening will know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm gonna go back to the brewing and such topic. Ellie, you just had a really fun story about Liquor Lab opening in Nulu. But it wasn't a traditional so-and-so is opening. It was a, you did a class at Liquor Lab, a first-person account. So I would love to hear about your experience. Yeah. So Liquor Lab um, just opened in Nulu right next to the Craftery and across from West Six. Um, and it's a cocktail-making class that um, it was started the only location so far other than the louisville location is in nashville um i think it had a location in new york but that has since moved to nashville and that's now the nashville location but um but yeah they just opened i think uh two weekends ago or last weekend and they invited a couple you know media types to try it out and so um i got to go and it was super fun it was uh, the guy who founded it, his name is um, Owen Meyer, and he led the class. So he was telling us all about like what he did before. He worked for Beam Suntory in mm-hmm. Chicago and was leading um, like whiskey dinners. And it, he said he had gone to some people at Beam and were like, hey, what if we like taught them how to make drinks instead of just having them taste the whiskey? And they were like, no. And he was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll do it myself then. Um, and so then he kind of came up with this idea and now um he one of the investors in the concept is uh the same group that was an early investor in top golf um Ooh. yeah so they're looking what to, if it blows up and goes around the whole country? that's what they're <laughs> attempting like Ooh. when i talked to uh <clears throat> when i wrote about it the first time in august i talked to someone at the investor group and their plan they were like we're hoping to have like 100 locations eventually wow right right now they're just with two. two right we're cool. number two mm-hmm. <laughs> number two <laughs> i feel like that's a true solid, to our vibe yeah we're like, solid yeah. number two yeah. <laughs> we don't try to be number one <laughs> no. no no that's no, way no, too no, much no. responsibility <laughs> yeah we like we're coasting at number two right <laughs> um but no they talked about just our like background with alcohol was basically a natural fit for them mm-hmm. um with bourbon and we even we have a pretty we've talked about this before but we have a pretty cool brewery scene so um but yeah it was really fun we made several drinks and got to drink them yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite i can't pronounce it <laughs> why would you ask me this um i went off script it was my punishment <laughs> yeah <laughs> We made three. The first was a Tommy spicy margarita, which was really good. And then the second was like an apple cider Paloma. And then the third is the one I can't pronounce, but it was my favorite. Hang on. I'm trying to find it. Oh, is it the... 
It's like Ying Bree. <laughs> <laughs> sure. L it's L Jang Bray. It's like J E N J E N G I B R E. Yeah, and I think the J when in sp- it's a Spanish word, and in Spanish, I think that's pronounced as an H. So like hen. hen- oh, okay. Something like along those lines, but hen- I don't. Remember. He said that, it. That's better. He said it, but he said it. It was the third drink, so I don't remember. The third drink. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was basically like a. Um, I think it had tequila and um, this honey gin or. Yeah, honey, honey ginger, ginger syrup. syrup. I'm reading your Now story. you're looking yeah, at it. Exactly. <laughs> honey gin yeah, tequila, one part honey ginger syrup and one part lime juice. That does sound good. And bitters. So, and bitters. Yeah. yeah, and I took home the honey ginger syrup cuz it was very good. Oh, nice. Uh your story says it was a 90-minute class. Mm-hmm. Um have you put your uh coursework to practical use yet? Not yet. <laughs> but now that I but have you have the syrup. I have the syrup, so <laughs> that is the plan. Um, cause that was kind of the, the other thing about the class is that it's not for like, here's how to be a professional bartender. It's here's how to be a bartender at home. Mm-hmm. So they taught you all of these kind of like tricks of the trade for at home bartending, like how to have less of a mess, how to just use like a glass instead of using all the professional like glassware or whatever mm-hmm. the professional type of, um, like you don't have it, like every type of glass right, at your like house. The, <laughs> right. Cause like the, the even the shaker that we used wasn't like an actual shaker. It was just like the bottom of a shaker that you could just put onto a glass and shake it that oh, way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've seen um, that done. yeah. So it was basically just easy stuff to do at home, which was cool. There was a period where my wife really liked margaritas and I, uh, she, she made me buy a shaker. So I have like, I, not only do I have one shaker, I have like two or three. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> All right. When we said, when they said brewing, I was thinking coffee. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, it was because of 1020, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, this is the such in uh, brewing and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of uh, a more uh, uh, alcoholic beverage news, you also just wrote about uh, Bro Brothers they're going onto the waterfront. You know, we talk about the waterfront a lot lately. So uh, what's uh, what's the plan with Bro Brothers? Yeah, they're going in a building that I had written about before because it was that building, twenty or 1250 River Road, um, that's in Waterfront Park that the Waterfront Development Corporation recently um, went before Metro Council about changing the zoning to be able to have something like distilleries um, in the waterfront and so that was approved um and bro brothers is opening a second location there which is cool for them Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're gonna um it's gonna be focused on like consumer experience Mm -hmm. so they currently have their location on dixie highway which they do tours now but um they're gonna eventually once the other places open kind of stop doing tours there and focus on doing tours at the waterfront spot so. You know, their first location is right around this corner from where I grew up. Really? Yeah. I just uh, was in my neighborhood, and uh, I looked over, and I saw it last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bro Brothers' uh, first location, that's on uh, Dixie Highway. What's the nearest, I guess, across? It's like uh, 18th and Hill Street. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not actually not far from Brown Foreman, so uh, um, that's kind of a... 
fun aside, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's the big distiller, and they're they're a very small distiller. Yeah. So. they're the first black-owned distillery in Kentucky, though. Right, and they ha- you know they have products out. I've tried them; they're they're pretty fun. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely something to try, and I look forward to getting to their experience there on the waterfront, catching up on that waterfront. Look out, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> but uh, It's going to be popping in Louisville. <laughs> it's going to be popping in Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see here. I think that's all we have for you this week. Uh, before we go, we'll go around the room here and share our social media handles, just letting folks know where they can find us on social media. Laurel, I'll start with you. I'm on LinkedIn under my name, Laurel Deppin, and on Twitter at Laurel. Ellie, where can people find you? I'm on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert, and on Twitter at Eleanor. All right. And Michael, where can people find you? I'm on LinkedIn under Michael Jones, and I am on Twitter at Michael. Who knows for how long now that Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, they might shut you down. They might shut you down. I was thinking like, you know, I'm like so not a social media person like I was when I wrote this part of the show to like share my social media handle. So like maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm not that accessible on social media. Yeah. But it's just changed so much since we started doing this show. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter under for now, like Michael said, um, <laughs> <laughs> under my handle, dman3001. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn under my real name, David A. Mann. If you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Laurel, Ellie, and Michael. Thank you guys for listening to us at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye.